man shout out to tony ozair uh they gave me uh that hot joint you don't have to ask uh chris turner with the party time joint uh to hear a memory with music's music is music's in everything off of her asha album so you want to go get that as well uh all of those songs i mean they're on streaming they're streaming live i mean they're streaming so go go get them on all digital platforms support all the artists you heard me play on uh today's show and the shows here on uh with that said my man dj bobby d is about to come in the mix and tantalize your earlobes and until next week you guys stay safe take care of each other uplift each other and make sure you tune in tomorrow night because i'll be rushing in here after the blazer game after we put hands on the phoenix suns tomorrow night i'll be running in here to hold you down in the streets tomorrow night going to be a special show because we're changing up the format a little bit going to be doing a top 10 my favorite top 10 so you want to tune in and we got much more new music and everything that's tomorrow night after welcome to the neighborhood held down by my brother from another mother dj cliff with welcome to the neighborhood from 8 to 10 p.m then i come on so with that said you guys stay safe stay peaceful peace Once again, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D here on X-Ray FM. And we are just jumping back in. And I want to give a special shout out to my guy, DJ OG1. If you were listening at the top of that hour, you heard Tony Ozier come on talking about the number one DJ in Portland. And if I know Tony, he doesn't tell a lie. (laughs) So there's something to say for that. And uh, we love having OG uh, here every Friday night, giving you the best in the local funk, the hip hop, R&B, things that are happening right now in Portland. Uh, and uh, if it's you want to have fun, you get the OG one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We got Calvin Walker in the studio tonight, and uh, it's a very special edition. This is episode number two hundred and fifty of Night School. Ladies and gentlemen, two hundred and fifty Fridays. Can I, can you remember what you did last Friday? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? <laughs> 
250 Fridays this young man has been down here dropping it and creating and uh, paying homage to the history of funk and soul music in, in lovely P.O. And uh, a lot of inspiration has come from Calvin here. We sat down a number of years ago and uh, this man, a member of the Gangsters, a member of his own projects, uh, a member of Sliver the Funk Machine. How many bands? I mean, it. Everything oh, is see. everything. Everything is everything. Calvin. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Puzzle. Uh, I, I can't remember them all. You came in here and you not only gave me an education uh, about your own work, but the work of the community and a lot of folks whose music uh, ordinarily may not have been heard. Something like this thing in the background. This is uh, Randy Monroe. Shout out, birthday boy today. Happy birthday, Randy. Randy, who. Uh, you heard OG a moment ago talk about uh, a Blazers anthem. Randy uh, played on that. But uh, this is Randy in the basement with the Sanders Brothers, Sweet for Funk Band being covered, a gangster's tune Calvin used to play on. Uh, there's so much material like this. We've, we're working on it. We're mining it tonight. We're just going to kind of dive in and maybe give you a bit of a chronology uh, in, in Calvin's words. We're going to start with, you know, how you remember the neighborhood how you remember a lot of this music and uh, what was your first inspiration right so you know it's it's a chronological account of uh, music and soul music and really you know we're gonna not gonna play it all there were lots of people who were around the monarchs Lanny Hunt on and on and on but probably the stalwart and he's still around thank the universe and God and whoever you believe in um, and he's still around with a, a great band called the pain um, but this is one of uh, uh, the recordings I got him over, and I, I just being, remember, uh, you and I talk about this all the time, I remember uh, seeing him on a picture at um, the bass player for the Gangsters, one of the bass players, Philip Wilborn, and it was uh, Ural and Teddy, I believe his last name is Freeman, I, I may be wrong, Teddy, God bless you, but... Um, and they had on these jackets that Ural had designed. Now, you're talking about... 1964, 1965, he was innovative then. So I think he came out of the womb innovative. He was he was making his own clothing. He was he, he was, went went out to New York. He influenced guys like James Brown, that's right, uh, as well as Otis Redding, that's right, and uh, George Clinton was even up in the space. Bootsy Collins. Now uh, we're gonna listen to a track by Ural, uh, maybe a lesser known song as far as this particular recording, but this is a tune called Deep Soul and ha had a huge impact. A lot of people tried to play this song back in the day. How do you remember it? Deep Soul was sort of an anthem, right? I mean, you know, when you were young, um, the process is different now because it's, it's really accessible. Anybody can make music and record it. Uh, you can do it on your phone. Right. When we were talking about a time, there were no cell phones. And what you did was you ran down to the House of Sound um, and got yourself a little 45, right? Yeah. Um, that's what you got. And you took it and you played it on your record player and you wore it out until the next week. You could go and get another one for 75 cents or whatever they were. And music was constantly getting out. And, and I think, you know, all those guys who owned those record stores back then, because you really had to be on top of your game. I imagine some of them probably made sojourns to Seattle to get this music. Because Portland, let's face it, it wasn't necessarily on the African-American chart for record distribution. 
So they had to make a concerted effort to actually get this music and being able to sell it to the to the consumers who would come and buy this music. Uh, and Ural crossed over. He went up to Seattle. He was Deep Soul came out on Camelot Records, which I believe was based out of Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, he inked some deals. This particular recording, which we're going to jump into, is uh, one that was recorded in Lee Rynell's garage. <laughs> Lee Rynell, another great musician I had the opportunity to play with uh, when we were in Everything is Everything. And uh, and uh, Lee, actually, when you think about it, you know, when you think about uh, RVs, right? He had converted his this school bus into his home. It was really cool. And when we played at the Cotton Club, he would park that bus right outside. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know. Uh, On Vancouver Avenue there. Just a great musician, great trumpet player, great uh, Hammond B3 organ. I, I, I have a lot of respect for people who play the B3, the Sanders Brothers, Leslie White uh, come to mind. And Lee Rynell was right up there with some, one of the, some of the best. You heard it right here. This is Albina Soul Music. We're going to listen to Deep Soul by Ural Thomas. Keep it locked. You're listening to X-Ray FM. Baby, but you won't 
All right, once again, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D here on X-Ray FM. And we are jamming. It's episode number 250. I have Calvin Walker in the studio. We've been listening to a lot of Albina organ-based soul jazz. That last song was a classic, probably the uh, largest export of the time for the neighborhood. Uh, Billy Larkin and the Delegates featuring Mr. Mel Brown. That's a song called Pygmy. Before that, you heard Lanny Hunt with Over Easy. And a little-known uh, group featuring Lee Rynell and Mural Thomas called East Wind. Calvin, how do you remember that organ sound back in the day? Well, you know, that was a thing. Uh, in nightclubs, um, you didn't need a bass player if you had a Hammond B3 player. So there were a lot of gigs and uh, where it was just guitar, uh, drums, and the Hammond organ. That was it. So they would be the stalwarts at the local clubs and then maybe they'd have a feature a saxophone player or whatever the case may be but there was a while before bass players not that there weren't a lot of them at the time but uh a lot of those clubs it was just a hammond b3 guitar and drums that was it so uh you know it, it's amazing uh too uh, listening to that lanny hunt it just so personifies that period of time in the 60s you know the sound of the it was it sounded like a farfisa right and and the sophistication of the arrangements it was pretty pretty cool man yeah there's something to say a lot of, you know some modulation uh, a lot of chord work happening in there right. and and billy larkin was really you know at the helm of a lot of that he um at the cotton club was really doing things that i think you know, Paul Knowles hadn't quite seen, and he knew that Billy Larkin could draw a crowd for his venue. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And Billy played all the clubs. And, of course, Mel was really young at the time. He couldn't have been more than 17 or 18 years old. And uh, rest in peace, the great Hank Sworn, guitar player. Uh, you, know, you know what made these guys so cool is beyond uh, the music, they were sophisticated people, right? Very sophisticated, very... Uh, classy gentlemen right and the way they dress and just who they were um and i and i love to tell the story about uh, mel brown uh, uh, one night we were there was a jam session up at the uh the upstairs lounge and uh mel had uh, been on the road you know he i think he left uh, originally playing with bobby taylor and the vancouver's who and bobby taylor went on to become the guy who discovered michael jackson actually brought Michael Jackson. I heard a little Motown. something about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and Mel had been playing with Bobby, T and also in that band was uh, Tommy Chong, Cheech right? and Chong. Yeah, right. And so Mel came in, man, and had on this long white leather coat down to the ground, and a little white tam hat, and a white leather uh, cymbal bag. And I <laughs> kept that in my head and saved up my money and bought myself a white leather cymbal bag. I was so <laughs> proud of that thing. Couldn't have cost more than $25, which at the time was a, a considerable amount of money. Um, For uh, folks out there who don't know, Calvin is a drummer. Yeah. Yeah, I played he, drums. And uh, for the gangsters, he played on that record. Yeah. Um, you played a number of instruments over the years, too, on, yep. on your own accord. Yes, I did. And and I, I also want to send a, a shout-out to uh, Mel's lovely wife, Shirley, uh, who's going through a thing. But uh, we just want you to know that the community loves you. So if everybody out there can just stop for a second and mentally do it or physically do it, just send her a prayer um, uh, for her uh, safe recovery and uh, 
just the whole Brown family. Just wonderful, wonderful people. Also had a great opportunity just, uh, I guess it was last January, to play with uh, Mel's son. So it kind of... Oh, uh, Christopher. With Chris, Chris Brown. Brown, yeah. yeah. Um, and Eugene Rashad down at the Jack London. You know, I'll cool. only take a gig now if I haven't played <laughs> the venue. <laughs> I, know I, I could care less about playing a gig, but if I haven't played the venue, then it makes it kind of interesting. And, uh-huh. that, and that was so much fun playing with those guys. So for enterprising band leaders that would like to bring Calvin into the fold, you know how to get him. Yeah. <laughs> Not in your basement, however. <laughs> that doesn't count. Well, speaking of, um, first of all, I want to give a quick shout out to, um, in the background, you've been hearing Little Curtis in the Blues. This is a song called Soul Desire. We had Mike Klinger as well as Gary Hobbs and Curtis Nettles here in the studio uh, just a number of months back. Uh, Very appreciative of their time. Uh, This next track is is straight up off that gangster's record that we did T-minus about one year ago. This is the leadoff track. You can hear Calvin on drums. Jimmy and Johnny Sanders on the various keyboards in the mix. Great Lester uh, McFarlane. Lester McFarlane on bass. We've got Rob Manning on guitar. Right. The late, great Michael Cooper. And, of course, uh, the genius of their memory. So, once again, you're listening to X-Ray FM, Calvin Walker. We are jamming. Night School. Thank you. 
Once again, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D, episode number 250. I'm sitting in studio with the one and only Mr. Calvin Walker, and we are listening back to 
somewhat of a chronolo- chronological order of albina soul music. We started in the soul jazz organ era day, uh, 1960s. We're in the 1970s with Slickophonic, Pleasure, Calvin's own The Gangsters, and in the background you've got Everything is Everything featuring Chris Hills. Uh, we're doing what we can in an hour's time. How are we doing, Calvin? You know, uh, I, I, I can't point out enough uh, when you listen back to this music, the sophistication of the music. And unlike San Francisco or even Seattle, we were sort of in our own little bubble here in Portland. And uh, as we listen to this music, you realize this music should have been nationally uh, known, unfortunately, with Portland, Oregon. Um, and some of the musicians went on to play with other people, but the sophistication of the music, but more importantly, on your 250th anniversary of doing this show, how important it's been that you've brought this music out to people, music that perhaps never would have been heard otherwise, uh, with the exception of musicians dusting off an old cassette or something and listening to it. But actually to have this music out there being played, being listened to, um, it's a blessing. It's a blessing for everybody involved. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And hey, I want to give a quick shout out to all of the various folks who've come through our studio in the past few years. Such, uh, you know, it takes uh, a group of individuals to make a community. And we've had a lot of great people come in sharing their uh, not only professional, but personal family history with us. A lot of you know the archive at this point thousands of photos hundreds of hours of music digitized um and i i just am very appreciative of and truly Bobby, folks coming in it's no, great it's no been a good, good done scene it, man. Well, no one would have done it so we I, I think as a musical community we all have been blessed that uh you know things happen for a reason if you if you believe in that karma yin and yang whatever you want to call it <laughs> But but uh, maybe we should unpack that know, a little bit. It was uh, it's it's uh, it's just serendipitous that all of this could have happened within uh, that amount of time, and so a lot of people are getting notoriety that they so rightfully deserve, but didn't happen at that time. And uh, I, I'm just sitting here, just blown away by the sophistication of it all, um, of all the groups that were playing at that time. You could have seen any of these people on any given night back in the day. So. A very rich scene. Pretty powerful. And, you know, I feel like one question that we don't explore as often uh, as, as we might is, is the why. You know, why, in, in Calvin Walker's words, would this music have not made it to the ears of a larger Portland community, to a larger West Coast or national community? You know, to tell the truth, uh, people were working and surviving. Um, and I And as crazy as it seems, I don't think that they found the necessity in getting outside of it because it was so fertile and so good um, that you didn't need to look too much further than Union Avenue. So musicians were gigging, they were locked into it, they weren't thinking about recording, there wasn't an industry around it or folks coming in to say, hey, I want to bottle this and sell it, put it on a record, so that's why we have such a scant... Unlike uh, the other side of town, right? Because you're talking about the same city that produced... Paul Revere and the Ra- Raiders and rock and, and roll, uh, yeah. You know uh, the Kingsmen um, and Lanny and Ural. Those guys were around at that point in time. Uh, perhaps it was politics. Perhaps it was just uh, sociological. And I'll let you people make their <laughs> own decisions about that. 
But when you, again, when you look at, listen to the sophistication of the music in comparison to what was happening somewhere else, man, they certainly, it was certainly deserved. Uh, but I think a lot of them, most people would say um, they were just into their own thing and that's how that It's happened. what it was, yeah. Well, you know, a couple of things I'd say, you know, you mentioned rock and roll and, and Portland in, in so many ways is, has been this sort of garagey puddle town rock and roll scene for a long time. Uh, I can't count how many folks have come into the studio uh, and talked about, you know, how uh, having been from the Albina neighborhood and played on Union Avenue, Williams Avenue and beyond that uh, to make it was to be able to play downtown, to have that opportunity to get across the river it's almost like the willamette river was this threshold for artists of color and artists from north northeast portland to be able to cross and when you did that you got somewhere there are are are, um men mostly that come in and say we were the first all black band to make it downtown you know guys that played in the 60s all the way till you know guys that played in the late 1980s i mean to to think about that that's i think that you I remember the gangster. We just, we said, why not? Right, right. I mean, we loaded yeah. up the truck and we went out to Vortex. Vortex. We said. Uh, Vortex Music Festival, yeah. 1970. Yeah. Why not? You know, I mean, there's only two answers, yes and no. And uh, the majority of the time, I think people are so in shock that they would see you that they really couldn't tell you no. So um, a lot of barriers were broken just because people had the verve and the nerve to go out and just actually do it. Yeah. Well, that being said, let's listen to another group that did just that. Uh, This next thing is uh, a little sneak peek at perhaps a future release on the Albina Music Trust label. This is from a group called The Beyonds, newly mastered material. It features, as the backing band, members of the group Pleasure. And uh, we'll see if you can pick that out. This is a track from 1977 off an unreleased reel from the legendary Beyonds. It's a track called Love Notes. Once again, you're listening to Night School with Bobby D here in studio with the one, the only, Mr. Calvin Walker.
Greg Smith said. You heard it right there. X-Ray FM, Calvin Walker in the studio, episode 250. We are listening back to the cuts. Bobby, come on, man. I mean, like, really, truthfully, the beyonds, um, all all this music you're hearing. I mean, can you imagine had this been Philadelphia and Gamble and Huffle around or, or Cincinnati uh, with James Brown or any one of a, um, a hundred other urban cities. Um, Portland was just a little bit off the beaten path, but it, it didn't stop from the sophistication of the music. Absolutely outstanding. Fully agreed. It's a, it's a soundtrack unto itself. Yes, it is. And uh, you, you just heard Greg Smith Band. Shout out to Greg down in uh, Dallas, Texas. He, he came to visit us for the Albina Soul Review 
sponsored by X-Ray around this time last year. Before that was an unreleased track by Transport uh, called Driving Me Wild, featuring, once again, the birthday boy Randy Monroe, Rosalind Johnson, Sanders Brothers, members oh. of the Gangsters. Both Rosalind of those. Johnson. She's Shaka who? Shaka who? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, really, truthfully. Uh, I She's mean, got that. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. I, I am very appreciative that we were able to get something out of the fidelity out of those last two because those were very beat cassette tapes that uh, through the prowess of Gus Elge and uh, others, we've been able to bring back to life. But I digress. We are getting close to the hour. Liquid Beat is going to jump up here in just a moment. Right. Calvin, you know what? Um, it, it's, it's your 250th show. So, uh, just like at the Albina Soul Review, you always have to reach in and find something a little different, but exciting. So, I'm going to dedicate this particular one to Joe Bean Keller. Hey. If you're out there tonight. Because Joe, and, and hopefully, um, we will be able to do this. And... Uh, at oh, Albina Soul Review 2, whenever that should occur, um, the I Can't Get the Macaroni Hustle Out of My Head <laughs> t-shirts oh, yes. will be for sale. Okay. So this, this song appeared on stage. Leslie White, mm -hmm. the man himself who originally penned this track, The Macaroni Hustle, yes. with his group The Th Thrill in the 1970s. Uh, we found this cassette tape in the basement of Recording Associates. Quick shout out to Bob Stoutenberg. And Bob. Uh, we brought it back to life, had it performed on stage. Joe Bean Keller jumped in. Arietta Ward jumped in. Uh, that song was a hook. Paul Knowles, the mayor himself, couldn't get it out of his head. If you like what you're about to hear, we might need to do a GoFundMe for a t-shirt. You know what? <laughs> we need to GoFundMe and we need uh, an Albina <coughs> Review too. Uh, as, as you can hear, as you've heard here tonight, so much great music. I know we got to get on and, and play this song. So much great music. If you want to hear it, just go ahead and uh, send out a shout out to Bobby uh, for Albina Soul Review, too. You know, there's a lot of great groups out there, and we, we got to get them before it all goes away. So here's your opportunity, here's your invitation. Um, when you see the GoFundMe, uh, fund it because it was such a wonderful evening and. Uh, those type of special things it's a uh, really the resources of the community and uh, thank you Ken Berry and Michael Grice and all the people at World Arts uh, for all of their help and the great Danny Osborne uh, and Tony Oziar um, all the people who contributed made that such a special beautiful night we want to do it again so uh, with your enthusiasm that'll happen once again, Calvin Walker in studio, 250 episodes. Yes. And uh, we'll just keep it going. You can always check us out online, www. Wait, that was a lot of Ws. Nightschool.us <laughs> or X-Ray FM in the archives. Calvin, it's a pleasure. Thank you. You're, you're the inspiration and the guiding light. And uh, we couldn't, I couldn't do this, this thing without you. Wow. Without further I ado. About that, well, hey. But thank you anyway. It, the candle was lit. Ladies and, and gentlemen, you know that. whatever you're doing, stop, right? And for the next three or four minutes, I just want you to vibe with Leslie White and the thrill. This is called The Macaroni Hustle. <laughs> 